This program is brought to you by Livertune, a certified organic naturally fermented liver support and detox for dogs. Livertune is carefully formulated to support your canine friend's liver and the whole body by helping to eliminate heavy metals and toxins for greater health and longevity. Originally, dogs have evolved in a pristine natural environment free from chemicals, drugs, and other toxins. Unfortunately, today's dogs come in contact with countless toxic chemicals, and many of them show high levels of heavy metals, mercury, lead, cadmium, arsenic, and other toxins, which naturally leads to disease and shortened lifespan. There are tens of trillions of cells in the canine body, with 37,000 billion billion chemical reactions taking place every second. That's 37 with 21 zeros. The liver plays a key role in this incredibly complex system, and while the biochemical reactions happen automatically, they are greatly influenced and derailed by foreign toxic substances. Toxicity along with nutrient deficiencies are the primary cause of liver disease. And this is why so many dog lovers have seen such great transformation when they take their dogs through a semi-annual liver cleanse and detox with Livertune. When it comes to the formula itself, Livertune has been made of top quality human grade certified organic ingredients by using a patented fermentation process. Research has confirmed that fermentation increases the bioavailability, potency, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and anti-cancer effectiveness of the ingredients. In addition, Livertune is packaged in glass to prevent plastic leaching into the formula and also protect the environment. To learn more about the organic ingredients in Livertune and read what other dog lovers have to say, all you need to do is to go to livertune.com. That is livertune.com. Hello, my dog lovers and other folks. This is Dr. Peter Tobias, and you're listening to Not Just About Dogs. Today, I'm going to talk about yeast infections in dogs. The reason is my team has been <laughs> bugging me for months to record this podcast because there are so many questions coming from dog lovers around the world about yeast infections and how to prevent them and treat them naturally without drugs and chemicals. When I'm out and about walking with packs, I really enjoy speaking with other dog lovers we meet along the way. And it is surprising how often I hear that their dogs have been diagnosed with yeast infection. And I often hear stories about how difficult the treatment is and that it has not worked very well. Perhaps your dog is one of those dogs who suffers from yeast infection. And if so, this, this podcast is for you. If your pooch is lucky enough to be able to keep yeast at bay, I still suggest you also continue listening because it never hurts to have extra knowledge in your arsenal just in case your vet ever says your dog has a yeast infection and needs to be put on drugs. When it comes to yeast, the most common species of yeast is actually Malassezia, which is a harmless yeast species that lives on the skin and it's the most common microorganism on healthy skin. But when it gets a chance, the population of Malassezia can get out of control and cause a lot of damage when the right, or in quotes, wrong conditions arise. Malassezia loves skin that is inflamed, weakened, and traumatized. 
and the immune system of healthy skin normally keeps it at bay. However, when the defenses fail, yeast infiltrates the deeper skin layers, aggravate the immune system and cause serious chronic disease. This problem is so common that some people assume that yeasty smell is normal for dogs, but it is not, I swear. So how is malassezia diagnosed? Unlike bacteria, which is quite easy to cultivate in petri dish, yeast and fungi are very difficult to grow in vitro. The diagnosis of malassezia infection is rather tricky because its presence does not necessarily mean it causes the pathology that we see. Skin biopsies are usually not a reliable diagnostic method and microscopic examination of skin is usually much more reliable. Skin scraping, swabbing, or using acetate tape is generally helpful, and that's the method that we normally use. The problem is that yeast is the most numerous microorganism on healthy skin, which makes the diagnosis of true yeast infection difficult. Also, malassezia yeast infections are always secondary to an underlying cause. The most important question that you and your veterinarian should ask is, what is the primary cause of the skin yeast infection and why does yeast, which normally lives in harmony with the body, go rogue and cause serious problems? So what are the symptoms of yeast infection? First, I would like to repeat that the malassezia yeast infections are always secondary to an underlying cause that deserves your primary focus. In a healthy dog, yeast exists in harmony with the host despite being the most common microorganism on the skin surface. However, when the defenses fail and the yeast population grows out of control, this leads to skin disease. In such cases, dogs present with either generalized or localized symptoms of itching, greasy, red, and flaky skin that can thicken and increase in pigmentation over time. I have seen dogs with um, so-called elephant skin, and that is usually a sign that the yeast got out of control. Yeast and fungal infections can also affect the nails and ears, which can be seen as an extension of the skin, and therefore the same approach to treatment can be applied. When a dog is given a yeast infection diagnosis, the typical response is to use topical or oral antifungal drugs, which are often ineffective and come with an array of undesirable side effects that can seriously affect your dog's health and lifespan. In order to illustrate what each of the common treatments does, let me explain this in detail. Antifungal shampoos are part of the conventional treatment protocols, and they contain antifungals like myconazole, ketoconazole, in addition to chlorhexidine, which is an antibacterial soap. The condition may subside for some time, but usually it comes back. The treatment has to be repeated, eventually stop working. The problem is that such treatment doesn't consider the underlying primary causes of disease that I will mention later on in this podcast. Also, medicinal shampoos do not act selectively. Instead, they also destroy other beneficial microbiome living on the skin, which comes with further negative consequences and disrupts the ecosystem of the skin. The next group of treatment are antifungal creams. And the problems are very similar to the antifungal shampoos, except that dogs like to lick it off, which is, um, again, not ideal because um, creams usually contain petroleum products and also antifungals that are not dosed in 
the right doses. Now, the most common treatments for yeast infections are oral systemic antifungal drugs. I'm generally cautious when it comes to oral anti-anything medication because often they are usually not used when the primary causes of a disease is addressed and that applies also to fungal and yeast infections. I would like to emphasize that the term side effects stand for the effects of the medication that have been conveniently put in a separate category. The irony is that many people assume that side effects do not happen to them and their dogs when they administer drugs. And I believe that this is one of the biggest reasons why conventional drugs are still widely used. I am not in a position to tell you what to do. I am not in a position to make decisions for your dog. However, I would like you to be more knowledgeable and understand the side effects of the most commonly used antifungal drugs. The biggest group of antifungal drugs are those ending with the end azel. And indeed, they are called azels. Ketoconazole is one of the most commonly used antifungal medications that also suppresses the body's immune system and inflammation. At first, this may seem beneficial. However, such effects have a greater impact on the healthy functioning of the body. 15 out of 100 patients will experience side effects such as vomiting, loss of appetite, diarrhea, and elevated liver enzymes. Ketoconazole is hepatotoxic, meaning that it can damage the liver. Itraconazole and fluconazole are other antifungal agents that penetrate deeper in the tissues and have a longer half-life than ketoconazole. The side effects are the same, including digestive issues and hepatotoxicity. Drugs that stay in the system longer can have a greater negative impact on the body, and that's why itraconazole and fluconazole does have a greater negative impact as well. Terbinafine is different from azoles. However, the range of side effects is similar. Vomiting, diarrhea, anorexia, liver enzyme elevation, and excessive panting. If you're wondering what antifungal drug I would choose for my dog with a fungal or yeast infection, to be honest, the answer is none. Treating one problem while causing another, such as liver disease, should be concern for every practitioner who should at least discuss such risks with you, the owner, and warn you about the high likelihood of side effects. Sadly, this often doesn't happen, and that's why it's so important that you have to be informed. As I mentioned, fungal and yeast infections frequently reappear when the antifungal drugs are stopped, unless the primary disease cause is addressed. To summarize, antifungal and antibiotic medication should be used as the very last resort because they carry numerous risks and further disturb the metabolic and microbiome balance of the body. So let's have a look at natural and drug-free treatment of yeast and fungal infections in dogs. I've been treating dogs with fungal and skin infections for more than 30 years. And I've learned that the best way is to address the whole body and uh, treat it as a whole. That's why we call this kind of medicine holistic medicine. For starters, I would like to present to you with a list of primary causes of yeast infections, and then I'll give you more information about each of them. 
So number one, dog food and treats. Number two, deficiency of essential nutrients. Number three, endocrine issues, hormonal disease. Number four, weakened immune system. Number five, toxicity. Number six, compromised and weakened skin, blood, nerve, and electrical flow in the skin. Number seven, color-related injuries. Number eight, back problems. Number nine, stressful living conditions. Number 10, too frequent bathing. Number 11, overuse of antifungal medication and chemical shampoos that lead to disruption of the microbiome. And number 12, excessive use of steroid medication. If your head is spinning right now, do not worry. I will go through each of these steps in enough detail for you to understand so you do not feel overwhelmed. But before we start, the most important thing is to ensure that your dog does not have an underlying disease. Ideally, your dog should be examined by your veterinarian and should have a full butt panel, including urine examination and necrine testing for Cushing's disease and hypothyroidism. Now talk to your veterinarian and make sure that these exams are done. A skin exam should be done for parasitic mange as well. Also fleas, lice, and fecal samples should be done for any sign of intestinal parasites. When this is all done and completed, you can take your dog through the following program of yeast infection treatment. So let's talk about dog food and treats. Now, processed food is one of the key reasons why yeast goes rogue within the body. I recognize the smell of a dog that is on kibble because they're usually more smelly. Now, I'm talking out of experience of more than 30 years and 25 years of feeding natural food. The main problems with processed food like kibble or canned food is that it is not species appropriate because dogs do not eat food that sits on the shelf for six, 12 or more months or canned food that is full of chemicals from the lining of the can and also highly heated. Often kibble contains grain that dogs normally don't eat in nature, wood fiber, fillers and preservatives. As I said, it is stored for months and sometimes years, which makes it rancid and really hard for the body to use. But even if processed food is human grade, it's still heavily processed and stored for a long time. Now, kibble stresses the gut and the immune system, and 80% of the immune system is closely related to gut health. Carbohydrates in food of dogs increase the chances of malassezia yeast as well. I know that some of you may be worried about switching your dog to either raw or natural cooked food. But let me give you another perspective. I know no human doctors that recommend processed food instead of wholesome food for their patients, and the same should apply to dogs. If you still feed kibble, be kind to yourself. Most likely it is because you are influenced by the giant pet food companies and your veterinarian who's been indoctrinated by their mantra of processed food and kibble. It is not the veterinarian's fault. We have been educated like this for decades and it has left its mark. You must decide who you trust. You must decide what is more important and what makes sense because your dog's health is at stake. For your information, I do not sell or endorse any dog food. If your dog has yeast infection, it is crucial for you to switch to raw or cooked diet. And if you're unfamiliar with making such diet, you can go to my website by typing in recipe maker 
www.peterdobias.com. Again, recipemaker.peterdobias.com. The next step in addressing yeast infections in your dog is to correct deficiencies of essential nutrients. Skin is the largest organ in the body and it depends heavily on essential nutrients such as minerals, vitamins, omega-3s, and probiotics. It is highly likely that your dog is missing many essential nutrients as soils are overused and depleted, therefore produce and food is depleted too. In reality, the question is not if your dog is depleted, but how much and because the body cannot make essential nutrients on its own, these nutrients must be supplemented in the most natural form available. For years, I've been searching for different supplements and at the end, I decided to formulate my own because there are always issues with questions about quality and sourcing and I wanted to give my patients and my dog the best possible products. What you can do here is to check the essentials on my website. Just go to peterdobias.com and search for essentials. Some time ago, one of my clients started calling the essentials Fabulous Four and uh, the name caught on. So all you need to do is to go to peterdobias.com, click on supplements and look up essentials or Fabulous Four. Now, the next step in helping your dog with skin infections is to check for endocrine or hormonal issues. And I mentioned that before that you should ask your veterinarian to screen for at least two diseases, Cushing's disease and hypothyroidism. Now, weakened immune system is very commonly the problem in dogs with skin yeast infections. There are many reasons why immunity can be weakened, but the most common one is poor gut health. Other factors that play a role are deficiencies, stress, and also steroid and immunosuppressive treatments, which are commonplace in veterinary medicine. Poor intestinal health and low immunity are also related to frequent prescriptions of antibiotics to treat secondary bacterial infections. Just remember, yeast infections of the skin must be treated from the inside out, and topical treatments aimed only at destroying yeast or bacteria usually deliver poor or very short lasting results. Now, the next step to address is toxicity. Toxins within the body can be seen as the hooligans at the soccer game. They wreak havoc in the body's metabolism and can lead to weakened immunity. There are 37,000 billion billion chemical reactions happening in the body every second, and the toxins can seriously disturb the biochemistry of the body. The safest way to go is to consciously aim to reduce the toxin levels in your dog's environment and the body by feeding fresh, wholesome food, using natural cleaning products at home, and discontinuing use of any pesticides or chemicals in your backyard. Now, my suggestion is that you do a detox with LiverTune, which is a product that detoxes the liver, LiverTune, and I give LiverTune to my dog packs twice a year, and I also take LiverTune twice a year. Now, the next thing is to avoid using toxic flea and tick products. And once again, because I could not find anything that worked, I formulated with my colleague Gabriela Benjes two products, flea hex and tick hex for flea and tick prevention. The next step in addressing skin yeast infection is to address compromised and weakened skin. 
There are many reasons for skin to be weakened. However, the most common one is related to local or general restriction of blood, nerve, and electrical flow to the affected skin. Skin health is closely related to the spine and its segments, and each segment of the spine supplies blood, nutrients, and energy to a particular patch of skin. The same applies to nerves and energy lines, so-called meridians. Now, this could be compared to garden with the watering system where each branch supplies a particular garden bed with nutrients and water. If any of the branches are clogged, pinched or broken, the garden bed doesn't thrive and the same happens to the skin when the spine is injured or muscles are tight and inflamed. If a spinal segment is injured, inflamed or congested, the adjacent skin health and immunity deteriorates and the yeast and bacteria population can easily spin out of control. The same can happen when a local muscle is injured, the flow is blocked and disease occurs. You can recognize such restriction by monitoring your dog for scratching. Dogs usually scratch the injured area or the area that is congested and blocked, which further leads to traumatizing the body and the skin. So what are the most common causes of injuries? Dog collars are very common. Wrong activity and exercise such as ball retrieving or frisbee chasing, and sometimes even excessive swimming that goes on for too long, for example, hours in labs and golden retrievers. Just remember that most of us veterinarians have not been adequately trained to recognize subtle changes in the spine and muscle as a result of injury. Sometimes dogs twitch their skin, they chew, lick or scratch repeatedly at a certain area, which can be a sign of inflammation, abnormal sensation or pain. So in light of this, my suggestions are that you go to my website and read articles on collar and exercise injuries. You can stop using retractable leashes because the spring and the strength of the spring often puts unnecessary pressure on the neck. I recommend that you never attach leash to collar and always use a well-fitted harness for your dog. Have your dog assessed by a chiropractor, physical therapist, acupuncturist, or other therapist familiar with spinal alignment and rehabilitation. The next factor that plays an important role in skin yeast infection are stressful living conditions and also use of steroid medication. You may be surprised that I have put these two together. The reason is that excessive stress or the administration of steroid drugs for skin disease both lead to an excess of steroid hormones within the body, immune system suppression, and a greater chance of yeast and bacterial overgrowth. Now, the next problem that I see often is overbathing. One of the biggest mistakes in treating yeast and fungal infections in dogs is to try to wash them off, despite the fact that the core of the problem lies deep within the body. Bathing dogs with yeast infections rarely helps, and it definitely doesn't address the deeper origin. In fact, repeated washing and moisture creates optimal conditions for yeast growth, and the use of chemical, antifungal, and antibacterial shampoos lead to further destruction of the skin microbiome, which is the beneficial bacteria that normally colonizes healthy skin. My suggestion is that you use gentle, non-chemical shampoo once or maximum twice per month, or less often if your dog has a yeast infection. Washing your dog more frequently is like trying to wash your car when your engine is broken. If your dog is itchy and is in discomfort, you can use herbal sprays that reduce itching. I have so-called screen spray, which is a herbal formula 
that reduces itching and inflammation of the skin. This will also help you calm the skin down in addition to treatment plan that I mentioned above in the several steps. Now, remember that the problem is internal, no matter how external it appears, and that spraying, herbal spray on top of the skin is only intended to calm the skin, but it will not address the deeper issue. Now, what is the prognosis of your dog's condition? Assuming that your dog has not been diagnosed with a hormonal condition and is not on steroids or antifungal and antibiotic medication, you should start seeing positive changes in your dog within two to four weeks after starting the protocol that I've outlined here. If your dog has other underlying problems or has been on steroids even once, such treatment will be lengthier and it will definitely require guidance from an open-minded veterinarian. Do your best to resist the temptation of using drugs again because they only delay suffering and cause more problems in the long run. Skin disease is sometimes difficult to face. It is difficult for us to see our dogs in discomfort, but it is rarely fatal. On the other hand, liver disease and other drug-related problems can be more serious. If you're a patient and you apply the step-by-step -step protocol that I've just outlined, I think you should start seeing positive changes within a few weeks. Good luck and give your dog a hug for me. Oh, one more thing. If you have any questions, you can always go to my website. There's tons of articles and blogs on different topics. It gives me an incredible pleasure to help you keep your dogs healthy and also hear how well they're doing after you apply some of the treatment protocols. I also write a weekly newsletter that is full of information on how to keep your dog healthy and happy for many years to come. And if you want to join our pack, all you need to do is to subscribe on the website. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be back. Take care.